Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The extension network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 4,000 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. We are pleased to have you join us this season for our spring summer edition of It's Time For You. With over 70,000 listens on our podcast, we thank you for joining us. History tells us that many use stubbles for longer than they are providing adequate energy for the sheep that are utilising them. This often results in a decreasing condition score in breeding ewes and underperformance in young stock. In this podcast, we will be joined by Rob Inglis to discuss how to calculate how long your stubble will last and also discuss the successful management of this important resource in the mixed farming enterprise. Rob was raised on a family farm in southern New South Wales. He has a Bachelor of Science and an Associate Diploma in Farm Management. He's worked as an agronomist, farm manager, ruminant nutrition, technical officer, before assuming his current role as livestock production manager for elders. He's worked, uh, he's helped train, sorry, and assist many elders livestock production advisors throughout the network, as well as offering livestock production consultation to elders clients. He's also facilitated over 30 lifetime ewe management groups, or LTEM as we call them, as well as collaborating with both AWI and MLA to deliver Breadwell Fedwell and Winning with Weeners workshops. Welcome, Rob, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. My pleasure, Fiona. Rob, let's start off with what are the benefits of grazing uh, crop stubble in a production system in these mixed farming areas? Uh, well, it's free energy, Fiona, isn't it? Uh, there, there's, uh, particularly in the grain component, uh, and particularly in years like this where, we, where we're seeing very heavy crops, so uh, a lot of that, or a portion of that crop will be damaged or, or, or laid down by weather and machinery, so there will be quite a few unharvested heads, as well as quite a bit of spilt grain coming out of the head. And that grain, that cereal grain particularly, is a very good source of energy, a very good source of fermentable carbohydrate, which uh, which really improves uh, rumen efficiency, uh, ergo livestock production. So it's a it's a it's a good and generally free energy source. Rob, if we think about the quality, what makes a good stubble? You just mentioned the spilt grain, and that obviously adds to the component. What are the main factors we should consider? Okay, good question, Fiona. So yeah, once the spill, once the grain's been cleaned up, so grain is obviously the most energy dense fraction of the, the stubble. The flag leaf or the the, um, the leaf material on the stubble does have a small amount of energy, uh, depending on weather conditions. So unfortunately this year with the summer rain we're seeing, a lot of those soluble sugars that would have been, or the remnant soluble sugars that would have been in some of the flag leaf, have probably been washed out or if they haven't been they may well be washed out so the dry material the standing stubble itself probably won't have the feed value that we, we have seen hitherto however uh, some of that smaller uh, leafier less fibrous I guess 
part of the stubble is quite digestible. So as well as the grain, and, and this can vary too according to the species. So barley stubbles generally, or canola stubbles are better than cereal stubbles. Pulse stubbles are even better again, and barley stubbles will probably be a little bit in front of wheat stubbles in terms of uh, their total digestibility. And if grain's quite important, and that's the spilt grain we're talking about, um, how can we work out how much grain's in our stubble crops? So we can, I suppose, start to work out, um, which will be my next question for you, how long can we graze it for? Uh, yeah, so it, it's a case of walking across the paddock using a quadrant. So if you want to do it by the book, you would use a, a, a square metre or a tenth of a square metre quadrant and, and physically count the grain or 15 spots across the paddock, count the actual grains in the quadrant. So uh, once we establish how many grains are in a tenth of a square metre, then we can calculate how many grains there are per square metre and then per hectare. So as a rough guide in, a, in an average cereal crop and an average wheat or barley crop, there'll be around about 100 grains or 100 kilos rather per hectare of, of unharvested or, or, or spilt grain. Uh, the sheep will recover about 70% of that. So the sheep will get about 70 kilograms per hectare of grain from the stubble. So if you want to work that out in, in, in DSC days, if you like, that's, um, that's sheep eating about half a kilo of grain per day. That's about 130 DSC days per hectare. Uh, that also includes obviously a little bit of roughage that they're consuming as well. So 130 DSC days per hectare. Uh, if we're running five DSE, obviously just if you divide that by 130 by five, you're running 10 DSE, et cetera, et cetera. So assuming you're running on average three DSE per hectare, that's, uh, that's about 40 to 50 days of grazing before the grain is exhausted. Rob, a little bit earlier on in the podcast, you mentioned the effects of summer rain, and it's certainly in most parts of New South Wales, no one's complaining about it, but it is having some adverse effects on the stubble. You mentioned the leaching of the sugars. With all the storm activity that's around this season, and um, you hinted that there's been crops that have failed or have damaged, that would be an extraordinarily large amount of grain being left in because it hasn't been harvested. Is this too much grain? Well, it can be, Fiona, yes. So where we've seen hail damage or, or really severe wind damage, where a lot of those heads have been down and, and they'll be unrecoverable by headers, yeah, they, look, there could be up to three or four tonnes of grain per hectare. Uh, that being the case, yeah, one would want to take great care before putting any sort of stock on. Uh, a sudden change in feed, as we know, can lead to all sorts of maladies, uh, pulpy kidney is the obvious one, so we certainly wouldn't be wanting to put stock into paddocks with a heavy grain load without giving them first a, a clostridial vaccination to cover them for pulpy kidney. But secondly, uh, is is the and a, and a more significant issue possibly is grain poisoning. So if we were concerned, and I'd, I'd suggest the best way to determine this would be to get uh, an expert in to do a grain count or to do a head count and see and calculate how many tonnes of grain many kilos of grain per hectare are. Uh, and the best policy then, or the best strategy would be to, to induct or imprint the sheep on grain before they are introduced to the pasture. So that may take a week of feeding, getting grain, getting sheep up to about half a kilo a day of, uh, of 
cereal of the whatever it is they're going on to, be it wheat or barley, getting them up to about half a kilo a day via trail feeding before they're introduced to the to the stubble. Once they're on the stubble, it'd probably be good practice too to have some sort of buffered supplement. So something with some acid buff or, or the like in it just to give them some protection just in case they do find patches where they, they possibly could overconsume. That's great advice, Rob. Um, when we look at those sheep that are grazing those stubbles, can we graze all classes of sheep on stubbles? You can, Fiona. Yes, I, I would suggest that you access, you give the stubble or the sheep that that uh, that most need the high quality feed. For instance, weaners would be my first choice. If you did have a stubble that did have you know, quite a bit of grain on it, possibly putting your weaners on, uh, having followed those the aforementioned protocols. Um, they're the ones that do have the highest energy requirement being young and growing. Secondly, would be possibly use pre-joining and just as a, another word of warning, if you were to join use on stubbles, make sure that you imprint your rams as well. Uh, if you having used on stubbles and then suddenly throw the rams in there, if they haven't been imprinted, you'll, if you don't uh, give them severe laminitis, you could poison them. So introduce the rams as, as the same as you do with you. So in, list of, in terms of priority, it would probably be young sheep, weaners, uh, then, then joining or joinable pre-joining use. Uh, then for those that have joined earlier, uh, possibly pregnant ewes. And Rob, we've spoken about having too much grain and the importance of imprinting those animals so that they're not their system doesn't get too shocked moving on to um, stubbles that have a heavy grain load. What happens if we flip that? Is if there isn't enough grain? Uh, is supplementary feeding an option to still utilise the stubble? Uh, absolutely, Fiona, yeah, particularly this year because, uh, as we've just mentioned, uh, this summer rain will germinate uh, quite a bit of volunteer cereal, uh, some you know, some of that stuff, those, those grains that have been bashed out of the heads through weather events or, or through harvesting. There will be quite a bit of volunteer cereal or volunteer Grass coming up through stubbles. Generally speaking, at this time of the year, these these early, particularly early in the growth stage, they're very high in nitrogen, so they have high levels of nitrate, very low levels of carbohydrate, which again can be a, a quite a shock to the rumen. So, in that case, yeah, if we wanted to utilise that green or those green weeds in the stubble, then, then supplementing with some cereal grain to balance that protein uh, overload, if you like would be good policy, good practice. And we just should be careful too, Fiona, if we do, if we are introducing sheep to stubbles that have do have a high high quantity of uh, volunteer cereal or green feed, again, uh, just introduce those stocks slowly because uh, any sudden change in feed uh, can be really detrimental to rumen function. And we've, we, we touched on pulpy kidney briefly, but are there other animal health issues that we should consider? Are there problems with weeds that might be out there as an example this year? Most certainly, Fiona, yeah. So the two that spring to mind in this part of the world, in, in sort of Eastern Australia, would be hairy panic uh, or witchgrass, as some people call it. So it's, it's a summer weed, which is, has been unfortunately um, ubiquitous the last few years. So it, it grows particularly in areas uh, where there is a little less ground cover. 
Heliotrope is another one that would be problematic, again, growing on, on you know, around fire breaks and things in areas where there's, where there's less competition, but both of those weeds can cause quite severe liver damage. So uh, be mindful if you do see heavy infestations of hairy panic or heliotrope, or in some cases uh, in the eastern half, St John's wort is, is starting to appear. All of those weeds yeah, do cause severe liver damage, which can result in severe photosensitization and death. So yeah, if you before you graze, it might be prudent to just inspect and get even get the agronomist to have a look at the stubble and uh, make sure that you're not putting them onto a heavy load of uh, potentially toxic weeds. Rob, if we get it all right, what sort of weight gains can we expect from growing animals on stubble? Yeah, good question, Fiona. I mean, it depends on how much. So the grain, as we said, is the, is the principal energy source. Um, in young sheep, I would, would have thought 100, 100, 150 grams per head per day would be achievable. Uh, in older sheep, you know, probably 50 to 100 grams uh, of growth per day. Uh, I think it's more importantly, um, perhaps is is with younger sheep too, is if the balance is right, we could get you know really good growth rates, you know, in excess of 200 grams per day if we got the nutrient balance right, got the protein and energy balance right. But certainly, um, yeah, in older sheep, and one would suggest that if with young sheep, yeah, weighing them frequently would be the best way to ascertain that the pasture is producing. Uh, as we expect them, and with grown sheep and mature sheep, uh, condition scoring as often as possible, just to ensure that uh, that they're not losing condition. And why the difference there, Rob? Why do we weigh our younger stock but condition score the older ones? Yeah, so younger stock, we're looking to 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 grow frame and bone and muscle, whereas with older sheep that have reach maturity, we're really just looking to lay down more fat. So um, fat tends to be easier measured through through condition scoring or palpation. Um, frame size skew the data a bit. So if we're relying on weights with mature sheep, sometimes frame size and muscle can skew that uh, skew the results a little bit, whereas with young sheep, yeah, the scales don't lie. So with with older sheep, we're looking to, to maintain at the very least or, or put on condition through these uh, early summer months uh, that we can milk off them later on during lactation or, you know, when things potentially, if things get tight in the autumn. And you did mention that we can put the, um, sorry, the rams in with the ewes to join them on the stubbles. Is this successful and are there certain things we should consider? Yes, it, it can be successful, providing the sheep are, uh, putting on weight or what we call in positive energy balance. So if they're coming off a lower plane of nutrition, then the stubbles can provide what we call a flushing effect. So the sudden improvement in, in energy intake will put them in what we call positive energy balance, which can tend to, which will stimulate uh, ovulation uh, and make sure that, yeah, that we get a good strong um, ovulation and, and, a, and a high probability of uh, of conception so having them in that upward plane if you like which stubbles can do because it's a it's generally it's a positive change from coming off a a, a low pasture base or low um, quality base i guess of those late spring pastures into a into a slightly higher quality 
feed where there is spilt grain can can uh, can stimulate better conception rates or obviate better conception rates. And stubble's got to be a pretty dry feed component. Um, how important is it then to have access to, I guess, numerous too, good quality water points? Yeah, good question. So water is always important, uh, particularly in, in dry stubble. So yes, as a rough rule of thumb, sheep need about two and a half litres uh, per kilo of dry matter intake. Uh, so that's if they're eating a, a you know a kilo and a half to two kilos, a kilo and a half of stubble a day. It's that's at least three to three and a half litres of water today to to balance that. Obviously, uh, when they're grazing stubbles, it's usually in the the hottest part of the year, so that the extra heat, so they will be losing more more moisture through respiration. So their their water intake or the water consumption can be as high as five litres a day on dry stubbles in in hot weather. So. So that needs to be borne in mind. Uh, and, and quality is very important because rumens not only need water for hydration, but they need it to, to flush their rumen. So the better the quality of the water, the more likely they are, the more often they'll pick, which means they'll get more regular flushing of the rumen. Uh, ergo, uh, better weight gain, protein production, better weight gain. Um, with the storms about, which we, we have sort of touched on a little bit, but um, how is this extra moisture that's hanging around in a lot of our state, how will that impact the actual quality of the stubble? Can it have any really adverse effects? Well, it can, Fiona. So apart from moulds and things, which the obvious uh, from an animal health point of view, uh, yeah, some excess moisture can, can result in some the development of some moulds and some of those moulds are toxic. So it would be, one, would be prudent to, to make sure, particularly the that's particularly the case in lupin stubbles or where you're grazing pulse crops, lupins uh, and faba beans, uh, the moulds, some of those moulds that form on the stubbles can be quite toxic. So that's one problem. The second one is, um, yeah, the nutritive value of the grain is degraded quite substantially. Once, once the starches of, of germinated and turned into a green feed, um, yeah, the, the soluble carbohydrate fraction, because the, the plant is trying to, it's in what we call vegetative stage, the carbohydrates generally tend to be stored in the in the roots and there's nothing in the leaf. So what the sheep are eating above the ground is of pretty low nutritive value once the seed is germinated. So we will see a significant reduction in the quality of the stubbles once those seeds have germinated. Thanks, Robin. Look, just to finish off, an uh, interesting recent release from AWI and MLA is their stubble calculator that they've just put out. Um, can you give us an idea on how producers can access it and what they're likely to find to help them out with grazing their stubble this year? Yeah, so the AWI, I believe they're still doing, uh, just tidying up the, uh, the edges, if you like, doing some... Um, yeah, some minor changes to it, but it is a very good calculator. So it will basically give us an idea, once we've determined uh, how much grain there is in the stubble, it uh, it can be used to A, give us an idea of how long those sheep can stay on the stubble, and B, if we start with some interventory supplementation, and uh, depending on what's in the stubble, but in a normal year, for argument, if you used, started feeding some lupins, uh, if you were going to flush the sheep and started feeding some lupins, it calculates 
how much longer those sheep can stay on that stubble before they start to lose condition. So it, it's basically, it's a condition score guide to show you how long, how much condition, A, how much condition they'll put on, and B, when they reach the point uh, when those resources have been exhausted and their condition score starts to drop. Uh, hence, when we should start with some interventory supplementary feeding. Well, that sounds like it's going to be very beneficial to industry. So we'll finish up there. Thanks, Rob, for the knowledge you've shared with all our listeners and for joining me today on It's Time For You. Thank you, Fiona. My pleasure. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. If you haven't done so already, rate and review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Australian Wool Innovation Podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au and you can find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events during the year. Thank you again for joining us today. Bye for now.